Greetings, everybody, and welcome to episode 3 of Extreme EvoCast, an all-purpose Pokemon podcast where we talk about news, info, and trivia all relating to Pokemon. So, this episode might be a little bit uh, just kind of thrown together because I uh, I didn't have a lot of time uh, these past few days to work on getting this episode all set and ready, uh, you know, taking notes on things and getting the idea all set. Uh, I did just have spring break, but I had so much to do over spring break, spending time with family, you know, getting work done for school and all that stuff. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of time to do any of it. (laughs) And uh, as soon as I got back uh, to college uh, this week, I just got bombarded with with work and all that. So I'm actually recording this the night before it's supposed to come out. Uh, which I mean isn't a problem. I've done that one. I've I did that for last episode too, but that was just because you know, I, I I held off until then. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, as long as I get it out, I suppose. Uh, but uh, I, I do want to record them a little bit like closer to the deadline than I would farther away because that means I have more time to to get news and you know updates and stuff out. I don't want to miss something like record it and then some big news drops and I don't have. You know, I, I don't. I have no way of of you know putting that in the podcast until next episode, two weeks from <laughs> it actually coming out. And if it's big news, it's you know it's probably going to die down by then. But um, we don't really have much news uh, this episode. Uh, I, I want to focus more on the topic at hand than the news itself, just because there's there wasn't anything big uh, really. We just got Sword and Shield, uh, re- you know, tr- teased and all that. So. I didn't expect anything big coming from Nintendo or Game Freak. Uh, kind of the most, the, the biggest one, uh, like a, a few weeks ago, actually, uh, like right after the uh, the reveal of or the the release of Episode Two, uh, Black and White Pokemon Black and White turned eight years old in the U.S. Uh, so that's that's a good good little milestone for for Black and White. It's really been that long since Black and White. Uh, Black and White was... It's interesting for me because uh, I know this might sound crazy, but I actually dropped out of uh, being into Pokemon for a while, for a little bit. I kind of lost interest uh, very surprisingly. I don't really know how I did, but uh, I I, I lost interest in Pokemon around when Black and White came out. And I did end up playing them, but I wasn't super into it as I was uh, before. So Black and White have always been kind of the Pokemon game that doesn't mean a lot to me. Like, it means a lot to me. Uh, Every Pokemon game means a lot to me, but Black and White was always kind of the one that just kind of sat in the bleachers for me. Uh, Obviously, I have played them after the fact uh, multiple times. I played Black and White and Black and White 2. Uh, Black and White 2 was actually one of the games that I never played (laughs) until, like, after X and Y, uh, I just never, I, had n- I never got my hand on a copy, and I never got the chance to play it. But I have played it now, uh, and like I said, don't get me wrong, I love Black and White and Black and White Two, but it, it was just kind of the unfortunate game that came out in the time when I kind of dropped out of Pokemon for uh, like a year or two, uh, maybe less than that. I'm not a hundred percent sure how long it was, but it was certainly a significant amount of time, enough for me to not super be into a Pokemon game for almost uh, like a big part of its of its lifetime. Uh, I really jumped back into Pokemon once uh, X and Y 
got teased and I I was already kind of getting back into it at that point so I was like okay <laughs> Um, but, uh, happy eight-year birthday to Black and White. Late eight-year birthday, because this is coming out, uh, almost two weeks afterwards, but still happy birthday to Pokemon Black and White. Um, so, some stuff about Pokemon Go real quick. Uh, there is Rayquaza coming to Pokemon Go raids. Uh, you know, the next big, uh, you know, the next big legendary (laughs) coming to... Uh, coming to Pokemon Go that they're releasing, trying to release every legendary uh, before they reveal the next, you know, generation and all that, uh, trying to get give everyone a chance to get every Pokemon. Um, I've been really slacking on my raids. Uh, I haven't had anybody to to go with. A lot of my friends uh, at college do play Pokemon Go, and I, I it's been a while since I've had a chance to go out with them and play Pokemon Go, but. I think the last raid that I did was a Deoxys raid. It was an, it was an X raid. I went by myself and I met with a bunch of people that were also going to the to the EX raid. But uh, I haven't gotten a chance to get like Palkia, Groudon, Dialga, <laughs> uh, and now Rayquaza. And it's a little bit unfortunate because I don't know when my next chance of getting them is going to be. I really need to get like a raid group together so I can go out and, and get those Pokemon because I have been trying my hardest to get every uh, get every Pokemon in Pokemon Go. I'm almost done with the Kanto decks. Uh, the only ones I need left are like the, the region exclusives, which hopefully they do another, uh, you know, region exclusive event where you can get like Kangaskhan and Farfetch'd and stuff from hatching eggs like they did a little while ago. I never, I never, uh, I, I hatched so many eggs during that time, but I never got a single one. And I was so sad. Uh, They're like the last ones that I need for my decks, for my, for my Kanto decks. Um, but, uh, some more stuff about Pokemon Go. There is the spring equinox coming up soon, which means, uh, more grass types, more grass types will be appearing around, uh, more research things uh, related to grass types and all that stuff. Grass types will f- appear more frequently, so that should be exciting. Um, so if anyone doesn't have a lot of grass types, doesn't have the the gold medal for catching uh, 200 grass types, well, then there you go. Uh, hopefully that should help you and uh, a little bit of a celebration for the spring Canox, which should be exciting. Um, speaking of Pokemon Go, kind of, uh, Meltan and Melmetal are getting some official merch coming to uh, Japanese Pokemon Center stores, which hopefully come to the U.S. soon because I love me some Meltan and Melmetal, <laughs> and I want uh, some of that some of that merch, that sweet sweet merch. Um, uh, related to last episode, uh, I did briefly talk about the new uh, Bulbasaur Funko Pop and how there had been. Uh, chances at another Pokemon Funko Pop coming, uh, presumably Mewtwo, but Mewtwo is actually not the one that we got this time. Uh, the one that we got that just got revealed is Charmander. Charmander is coming, uh, Charmander Funko Pop is coming soon. Uh, it looks pretty cute. I like it. I like the Bulbasaur one a little more. That might just be because I like Bulbasaur more than Charmander, but, you know, teach it their own, I suppose. (laughs) Um, and the last bit of news, uh, for this episode is the uh this is coming from pokejungle.net of course thank you pokejungle uh new pokemon plushies revealed uh the all-star set coming to pokemon centers um uh, i'm I'm gonna go through a list uh pokejungle 
at PokeJungle on Twitter, uh, compiled a, a big list in a Twitter thread uh, showing uh, all kinds of uh, all of the new um, all, all of the new uh, plushies coming. And I'll just quickly go through a, a list of them. There's not many, but it's uh, Pukamuku, Vileplume, Abra, Blossom, Butterfree, Mareep, Mewtwo, Munchlax, and Snorlax, Spinda, Staryu, and Zeraora. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with these because they're giving a few normally forget uh, forgettable Pokemon some some light in the in the merch department, um, like Staryu. <laughs> just no other, no other, not Star You and Star Me, just Star You, which I think is really interesting. Um, B- Blossom and Vileplume, which I wouldn't really say a forgettable Pokemon, more so Blossom than Vileplume, but I am happy they're getting a little bit of love. And uh, Mareep, Pukamuku, which I love Pukamuku, so I'm happy about that. And uh, of course, the two legendaries, Mewtwo and Zero Aura, which I'm glad that uh, Zero Aura is getting a little bit of love. Uh, because Zero Aura's reveal has always been kind of a, kind of a not really super hype one. Like Zero Aura is cool, but it's, it was just another mythical that got revealed and didn't really have anything related to it in terms of events or anything like that. So it's just kind of there. <laughs> it's just one of the mythicals that just got, got revealed, and then that's really it. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, it for the news for today. Uh, we're gonna jump into our main topic uh, going in which is typings, all about typings this episode, uh, Pokemon types, all that jazz. Uh, it was, this was originally going to be the, the topic of the second episode, but of course we got Sword and Shield, uh, revealed, so I couldn't pass up an opportunity to talk about Sword and Shield, so we're talking about Pokemon types today. Um, Pokemon types have always been the kind of unsung hero when it comes to Pokemon as a game and, like, as game design and stuff uh, and, like, making Pokemon a unique game. Uh, Because, like, obviously it's an RPG, uh, a very, very different RPG than what was the norm uh, back in the day when it it was first, you know, made. Uh, Instead of having a party, you have, you you know, obviously you catch Pokemon and uh, instead of, like, separate powers, they have different types and different things that that help you um and it really separates pokemon uh at least it did separate pokemon from it still kind of does it, it really does uh it separates pokemon from um you know every other rpg out there really uh and why it's one of the most grossing uh, video game franchises out there right now um but like, typings have always been the biggest staple to Pokemon, in my opinion. You know, the evolution, the different Pokemon, uh, the the battles, the, the story. I really feel like they would all be very different and very uh, lackluster if Pokemon didn't have the special typing that they do. Uh, and, and how it relates to the game as a whole. Um... The game design behind the Pokemon typings is is a big topic that I want to talk about. Um, specifically, how well it works with the base design of Pokemon and how it works as like an RPG. Um, like for example, uh, every RPG has you know some some easy level progression system that uh, works to guide the player in their first time through or you know any time through. Um, and I think that. 
Pokemon does this well with the level system, obviously, and trainers, gyms, all that stuff. Uh, it, it works well to um, help you know, to, to keep the game fresh and to keep it to, to, to guide the player. But, uh, I feel like typing is kind of a, is, is kind of a, like a, a game, like a, a progression system that we don't really think about all that much because, uh, right, right out of the, you know, right off the bat, we get, uh, the first route is just normally just normal type Pokemon, and uh, the the first, you know, the, the our starters, the the grass, water, fire starters that we get. Normally, we don't see any other type of Pokemon like that until a little bit later in the game. The first route normally never, I don't think it ever does, <laughs> has a Pokemon that's either grass, water, or fire uh, that's available to the player to get, and I think that. Uh, First off, the starter Pokemon uh, are a great tutorial for how the game works in terms of typings. You know, it has a type triangle. It uh, None of the Pokemon, you know, none of the fire, grass, water types are good against, like, the basic normal or flying Pokemon that you see in the first route, with the exception of the bug-type Pokemon that you always see. But uh, I really feel like the fire, water, grass starter triangle is a great way to introduce things uh, in terms of, you know, tutorial, game progression, all that stuff. And uh, it really works with Pokemon system and uh, like how it just just how the game progresses. Um, speaking of the, you know, the bug type Pokemon that appear in the first route, along with like the normal and flying type, you never see any you know, obscure Pokemon types like Fairy, Dragon, Dark, Ghost, Steel, <laughs> Poison, well, not Poison, uh, you know, every, all those, all those, like, obscure and arguably more powerful types, like Dragon, in this case, or Ghost, or Fairy, um, you never see those in, like, the first route. It's always just normal, or flying, or poison, bug, you know, sometimes water, sometimes grass, sometimes, you know, uh, ground rock with, like, Geodude and stuff. Sometimes fighting with, like, Machop, but that's always, like, later in the game. That's that's always more, you know, after the first gym. The first, like, up until the first and arguably sometimes the second gym never really has any Pokemon that are, like, obscure typings and, and uh, more... You know, they never have more than one type or more than more more than one type that are like super crazy together, you know. Like yeah, you see like a normal like a normal Pokemon or like a normal flying, but you never see like a normal fairy or like a normal, you know, ice or anything like that. Uh I don't even think that exists. But you know what I mean. Um like I I, I feel like especially in the beginning of the game, the the t- the progression of the types and how they how they introduce them to you with like the most basic type basic types being in the beginning and then as you go through the game fighting gym leaders fighting different style trainers they introduce the new types to you and you never see any other pokemon any other of the obscure types like dragon or ice until very very later in the game like for example in um in you know Johto gold and silver or gold soul silver the dragon gym is the last gym, <laughs> and uh, like 
And in black and white, the ice gem is close to the end. Uh, in Kalos, it's the last one. <laughs> like, all these more uh, obscure and, and more powerful types normally are are found later at the game because they might be a little bit difficult for players to understand if they just slap in all of the types right right out you know right out of the get-go uh like like imagine how much different pokemon would be if the first pokemon you could find on a route are ghost fairy poison like psychic types like you know that that would be arguably too much to handle for for somebody who just started the game and i think that while it can get a little bit monotonous sometimes just starting out with the same normal normal pokemon like the the you know the starter birds the first root birds the first root bugs the first root like normal type pokemon you know they're always so basic and not and uh, you know sometimes uninteresting but i think that, that it works really well in terms of game progression um, and then, you know, you have more types being introduced further in the game, like you start to get a little glimpse of like, oh, rock types when you get to the first cave, and you get like poison types, like Zubat, uh, when you get into the first forest, you know, usually before or after the first gym, you find more grass types, you find more poison types, um, all that stuff, and uh, it, it introduces new players to more and more types and how they work together. Uh, which is obviously going to be the the biggest theme of this episode. Types, how they work together, how they work against each other. And just talking about it as as a game mechanic as a whole, because like I said earlier, it's really, really important for Pokemon. Um, so something I did want to talk about was how many of each type there are. Because you think if, if you really wanted to make a... Um, a game with types, uh, some people might say that you would want to have equal number of Pokemon have an equal number of types, like have the have same number of type for, you know, uh, have like an equal spread of types. But um, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily true because some of the more common types, the more basic types, like normal, water, fire, flying, like they all have... A, a large, large amount of Pokemon compared to other types, like the more obscure types, like Fairy, Dragon, and Ice. Those are the three that I always keep coming back to, Fairy, Dragon, and Ice, because I believe those are the three with the least amount of Pokemon. Uh, that and Ghost. Uh, I do actually have a list uh, right here. Um, and I don't think, uh, surprisingly at all, uh, Water is the most, as of right now, with 133 Pokemon. Uh, this isn't this isn't counting the three starters that were just revealed, by the way, because this was made before Sword and Shield. Um, uh, I'm using I'm I'm looking at a a type chart or a number of Pokemon per type on uh, the Pokemon subreddit by uh, user Mr B Kane XTR. If you wanna if you wanna find that and look for yourself, uh, I found it by a simple Google search, just looking up like how many Pokemon are there of each type, but. Uh, there, it's an easy bar graph, and I think it's really interesting to see the spread of, of Pokemon types because there's the most water, uh, second is normal, and third is flying. And I think that's really to be expected, like I said, with, with the basic progression of Pokemon and, and how it goes throughout the game because you want to have more normal types, you want to have more water types, flying types, things that are 
basic things that everybody understands. You know, it's a it's a bird. It flies. It's weak to electric. You know, it, basic things like that. And normal, obviously, only having fighting as a weakness is a very easy type to understand. Uh, same with water. <laughs> um, arguably, all of the types are pretty necessarily easy to understand, but those more specifically. Um, now, the bottom uh, Pokemon, the uh, bottom types in terms of amount are Ice in dead last with 40, uh, Ghost with 46 as second, and Fairy and Dragon tied for third, which I did want to talk about. I think it's really interesting that uh, Dragon and Fairy have the same amount of, um, of types, or same amount of Pokemon, I mean, because obviously Dragon was introduced in Gen 1, uh, and there's never been that many dragon types. And uh, dragon type, like I said, uh, has always been more of an obscure, powerful type. <laughs> you know, all of the dragon types are... There's a lot of dragon type legendaries. There's a lot of dragon type pseudo-legendaries like Dragonite, Gudra, uh, you know, Kamo'o, all those types, uh, all those Pokemon. Uh, they're, they're powerful. They're big, they're big, powerful Pokemon, the dragon types. Um... There's not really many dragon types out there, you know, other than uh, not fully evolved Pokemon that are considered weak. There's a lot of really strong dragon types out there. And um, by adding Fairy, Pokemon was, uh, you know, Game Freak was hoping to remedy this uh, because of how powerful the type was, because its only weakness is ice in itself. Uh, so they wanted to kind of balance things out a little bit and add a little more variety and add Fairy type. And I think it fits really well that fairy type has the same amount of Pokemon as dragon uh, because fairy was made as its counter, essentially. I think it's also really interesting that uh, electric is fourth uh, least common type in Pokemon, uh, only one more than both dragon and fairy with 51 Pokemon. Uh, electric for me uh, has always been, like, kind of the fourth type in, like, the, the common grass, water, fire, uh, type, you know, triangle. Not necessarily in the type triangle itself, but just, like, the, the notion of water, fire, and grass. Um, mostly because of, I feel like, I feel like it's a little bit because of Jolteon in the, you know, because instead of getting a water, fire, grass, evolution triangle, we got water, fire, electric, uh, which was always really interesting to me as well. Um, they could have easily made Leafeon or a grass evolution in the first generation, but decided against it for some reason and went with uh, water, fire, and electric uh, for a, a type triangle with the, with the evolutions. And looking at this chart, uh, there's some pretty unexpected things, quite honestly, uh, with with types in terms of, of how um, how common they are. Like bug, uh, I expected way more bugs <laughs> than there actually are. There's only 77 bug type Pokemon uh, compared to the 133 water types. Um, I know, like I know, water types are common, but I always kind of assumed that bug type would be up there. Uh, considering how many basic common bug types there are um, in, you know, in, in like the 
the progression of Pokemon in like the first few routes, and even just how many bug types there are in general. Uh, you know, it always seems like there's an abundance of them, maybe because they're so common in so many of the routes. Um, you know, most of the other types are pretty common with what you'd expect, um, like poison, ground, rock, and fighting being around in the middle with like 65, 60, you know, 66, not really anything too uh, unusual there. Um, I, I think it's sad that ice and lesser so ghost are the two most uncommon types. Um, ice being my favorite type, <laughs> uh, with Glaceon being my favorite Pokemon, um, I think it's really sad, honestly, that, um, it's, that, that I, there's only 40 ice types. I mean, compared to, to water type, there's, like, there's almost, there's almost a third of how many, I, uh, more than a third. There's a more, there's almost, there's more than three times as many water types as there, as there is ice types. And I mean, that's comparing the maximum to the minimum, but, um, like I said earlier, you'd think that if, if, if Game Freak wanted to make kind of like a balanced game, they'd want to do, uh, they'd want to do pretty close to equal types for every, you know, every type, the numbers. Um, but just some, some types are more obscure, some of them are more powerful, like, uh, Dragon, Ice, like I said, um, and that's why they're so little for, uh, you know, that's why, that's why there's, there's a lot less of them. Uh, and I think it's also really, um, cause like, cause water, like, yeah, there's a lot of water types and that's, that's to be expected because of how many fish and, and how common they are and how popular, popular they are as a type. But a lot of them are pretty lackluster. Like most of the, the basic fish Pokemon are pretty, you know, not very good. Uh, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of normal types, which is the second most common type who are, who are also very very lackluster, not very strong, uh, not very commonly used. A lot of normal types just kind of fall, you know, under the radar in terms of, of useful and appealing Pokemon, in my opinion. Um, same with flying and grass. Um, and then once you get out of that four, which all four are, uh, higher than a hundred other than grass, which is at 98, which is close enough to a hundred. Um, psychic becomes like a psychic is the, is the fifth um least uh, most common type and psychic starts to get into the realm of yeah there's a lot of really common like there's a lot of really strong pokemon in the in, in psychic and then with bug kind of the same fire poison uh ground rock you know as it gets from it's almost as if <laughs> the less pokemon there are of a certain type the more you know the more Pokemon there are of that type that are more memorable, stronger, uh, more useful, more appealing, uh, which I think is, is what is what Game Freak was trying to go for with with the numbers and how they how they add up to each other. Um, I will we'll drop the the topic of, of number <laughs> the you know, number of Pokemon per type. Um, I'm not sure how much longer I can talk about this, but like I said, if you want to uh, check this out, uh, I found it on R slash Pokemon. From uh, user Mr. B Kane XTR. <laughs> um, 
So if you want if you want to take a look at that yourself and look at the numbers, I think I think it's really interesting. I was actually pretty surprised. Uh, I had a good idea at where the types stood in terms of how many Pokemon there were. Uh, I knew that water was the most, and I knew that ice was the least. But uh, it's pretty interesting to see how other types stand up um, to the numbers. Um, okay, so. Uh, a topic that I uh, was actually my main inspiration for this episode and for the um, the whole where the whole topic was kind of going towards um, was the logic behind Pokemon and their types uh, because uh, I, I talked about this briefly with a friend and if you're listening to this you know exactly who you are but uh, I, I talked about this with my friend. And I always thought it was really interesting to look at the logic of, of Pokemon types and why they are the way that they are um, in terms of design, uh, what types they're good against, what types they're not good against, um, what moves they have. Um, and obviously Pokemon has never been much of a you know realistic game, but Pokemon has always been one of those games that really uh like it was it's really on the line between realistic and fantasy because it's in no way would i say that it's primarily a fantasy game because there's so many things in pokemon that are based on reality and and you know biology and actual things uh like (laughs) like almost you know 70 percent I would say maybe even more than that, like 80, 85, 90% of Pokemon are based on real things in the real world, animals, uh, objects, myths, legends, all that stuff. There's not many Pokemon that I can think of that are just kind of things like they all have an origin. They all have something that's based on something in real life. And obviously the whole concept and the whole story and design around Pokemon is a normal you know, human trainer and other human trainers in this world that looks a lot like ours, a lot like Earth, just catching these Pokemon and fighting them against each other. So it's it's never really gone out of the realm of of possibility in terms of you know realistic things. Um, it's it's not. There's no real magic. There's no real fantasy elements. There's no like other species than humans other than the pokemon obviously you know it, it all of the thing anything that isn't a pokemon is a, either a human or an animal which is it's, it's almost like it's an extension of of our of our universe and i that's why i think that it's interesting to think about the the types and the the way that the these the types are designed and how they how they fit into the to our real world and their inspirations because it makes sense to think about them that way because they've never really been Pokemon has never really gone out of the ordinary in terms of super high fantasy or anything like that. It's always been pretty basic. Um, so like what I'm talking about is, uh, like things like psychic type, um, psychic type is based on the mind based on, you know, uh, psychic energy, uh, based on, sometimes it's even based on like intelligence, uh, like with Alakazam, uh, and I and I think it's really cool. Uh, if you didn't know this, uh, all of Psychic's uh, weaknesses and resistances are based on 
uh, it's like common fears because it's based on the mind and based on you know things like that. Uh, so its three weaknesses are bug, uh, ghost, and dark, which are all common common fears. There's fear of the dark, fear of ghosts, and fear of bugs. Um, and like that makes sense. That makes sense with logic. And you know there's logic with fire being weak. There, uh, yeah, fire being weak to water. <laughs> fire water puts out fire. Uh, you know other things like. Um, Water being good against rock. Rock uh, water uh, breaks apart rock when it you know it erodes rock. Uh, water being good against ground, it erodes the ground. Um, uh, basic things like that, you know, grass, ice being good against grass because you know plants and grass can't survive in the cold. Uh, they need warmth, and you know everything like that. Basic things. Every, everything can be kind of put into or most most Pokemon type. Uh, matchups can be put into a basic you know understanding of why it why it works and why the way it is um and then there's some more obscure ones that are based on either uh like folklore things that are based on uh you know uh i'm not sure how to explain it but for example um like with the fairy type uh fairy type is kind of the embodiment of good and the embodiment of, you know, mystical fairy magic, <laughs> essentially. And that's why um, it's good against dragon, because uh, in, like, you know, common fairy tales, the, you know, and knight's tales, dragons are the, the main enemy that the, you know, that the, the good heroic figure is trying to slay. Uh, and, I mean, that, that can be one of the reasons why fairy is good against dragon. Um, there is lots of other interpretations you could put to it, but it, it kind of has a basic... A basic idea of, of why fairy is good against dragon, or why steel is good against fairy, for example. Um, and like, th- and uh, there's some other ones that are kind of tricky to understand why they are the way they are, and I think those are the most interesting ones. Like, for example, uh, one that I really wanted to touch on: why in the world is bug good against dark? Is it because bugs can see in the dark? Is it because bu- I've I literally have no idea. I, there, I have no re- I have no idea why bug is good against dark. It, in my opinion, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, there's other ones like uh, ground being good against poison, uh, f- psychic being good against poison. Um, let's see. Um, Ice being good against ground is understandable because ice can, uh, like, expand uh, the ground. When water is in the ground and it freezes, it expands it, which makes sense. Um, but, like, those are, the, those are the three that I wanted to touch on. Dark being good against bug, or bug being good against dark, sorry. Um, poison being, or ground being good against poison, and psychic being good against poison. There's, there's lots of other ones uh, that, that don't really make a lot of sense, but those three are especially confusing to me. Um, for example, um, I just had one. Uh, I lost it. <laughs> I'm, it's it's pretty hard to to remember all of the type matchups and all that stuff. But um, like some of these things just don't make any sense. And uh, oh, I remembered it. Uh, rock being good against flying. Like it it kind of makes sense. I mean, like birds. Like, I, I don't know. I, it, it doesn't really make sense. Like, a lot of people argue that, like, oh, if you throw a rock at a bird, 
it's not going to do very well. But I mean, if you throw a rock at anything, it's not going to do very well. It's just, it's, it's weird. I don't really understand why rock is good against flying either, but there's a little bit of logic there, I suppose. Um, maybe, and you know, who, who knows? Maybe some of these things were just for balance reasons. Um, you know, there, there's not really a lot of, uh, we, we don't really know what was going through their minds when they made, you know, when they made these types and the type matchups that they, that they chose. Um, they could have made things a lot different. They could have made poison being good against ground. They could have made poison be good against psychic. They could have made, uh, flying be good against rock. <laughs> they could, they could have done lots of things different. And I think that it's interesting with the, the type matchups that we have now that don't really make a lot of sense why they chose it and what was going through their mind when they, when they decided in these things. Um, it's just something to something to think about, and I I would love to know why they decided on these things, why they decided on some of these more obscure matchups. Uh, even recently with Fairy, uh, like Poison be good against Fairy, uh, I feel I feel like Poison being good against Fairy was more of a um, a balance reason because uh, Poison has always been kind of an underwhelming type, and Fairy being new and uh, kind of strong because it counters dragon and because it's so obscure, uh, I feel like poison being good against fairy kind of just makes sense on a balance reason, but I feel like there's also something to do with why uh, it's 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 good against it, and I wish I knew. I don't know, but uh, I'm sure there's something to do with, with folklore and fairies and, and poison and how that works. Same with steel. I'm not really sure why steel is good against fairy either, but I'm sure there's a reasoning behind that. Uh, I'm just not 100% sure what that is. Um, so yeah, I, like kind of just to conclude what I've been talking about here with with tight matchups um, and like the logic behind them, uh, I think that it's really interesting with what we got. Um, like I said, a lot of them are pretty basic. <laughs> you can really kind of just imagine what what things would be good against what based on their elemental properties in the real world and how they how they interact with things uh like fire being good against ice you know fighting vegan against ice fighting vegan against rock and steel and it just makes sense some of them just make sense but there's some of them that don't really make a lot of sense and i, I those are the ones that are most intriguing to me uh and the ones that i think that could generate a lot of topic and 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 thought <laughs> based on them and and i just think it's really cool that we got the types that we did because we could have gotten other types. We could have gotten we could we we could have not gotten fairy. We could have gotten like a light type. We could have gotten like a good type because, as you know, dark is evil in Japanese. It's the evil type uh, instead of dark. So we could have gotten a quote unquote good type, you know, instead of fairy. Or we could have gotten anything else other than fairy. Um, we could have gotten a sound type, like a lot of people have been, you know, kind of the go-to idea that people come up with when people ask to come up with a new type is like sound, space, light, good, all that all that kind of stuff. More obscure things, but I feel like fairy was a good choice. And I feel like what we got was a good choice. I don't really know if any other type could be added. Uh, if any of them really make a lot of sense. If, if, if there's anything else that we haven't really covered, you know, in terms of type matchups and uh, basic elemental properties and, and, and things like that uh, related to those types and how they interact with each other, I, 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 like, I don't think there's anything else that we could add. And I'm, I'm happy that we got what we did. And I'm happy with the inclusion of fairy. And 
uh, Steel and Dark and Gen 2. Uh, I just think it's really interesting. Like, I could talk about these types for a long time. <laughs> I love the type aspect of Pokemon. Uh, I love the way they work with each other. I love the thought behind them. I love the logic behind them. I love the logic, like the non-existent logic behind them <laughs> with some of them. I think, like I said, I think it's really interesting and I think it brings up a lot of discussion about why they work the way they do. Okay, so um, I briefly want to talk about Pokemon moves because uh, we've been talking about uh, Pokemon types, uh, how many Pokemon there are of each type, you know, properties of each type, but we haven't been talking about moves, which is the second, you know, big staple of Pokemon uh, and how it works in terms of how the moves interact with each other. I mean, if we didn't, if we had Pokemon types and we didn't have move types, then there would be no reason to have types in the first place because, you know, that's what interacts with the types, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, so, um, like... I don't really have anything to talk about in terms of just Pokemon types in general, uh, but I do think what I, what is really interesting is the exceptions to Pokemon types. Uh, you know, every, every Pokemon has a type. Every move has a type. That makes sense with how it works. Or, I guess, the other way around. Uh, every move works the way it does because of its type. You know, fire types burn things. <laughs> they have a lot of moves that are related to burn, burning things, fire infernos blazing all that kind of stuff it just makes sense you know water types are based on things like you know bubbles uh grass a lot of grass types have moves based on the sun leaves uh, vines you know dragons have things based on like dragon breath uh fighting have fighting types have a lot of punching moves and kicking moves and physical moves uh and a lot of the moves just make sense um but there are a few exceptions to the way that the pokemon moves work uh, in terms of their types, uh, first one I want to uh, I want to talk about is Flying Press. Uh, Flying Press is uh, Haluka or Halucha um, signature move. It's it's uh, the move that I believe only Halucha can learn. Uh, I may be wrong about that though, but uh, actually I have the the page open right now. Let me check. Yes, only no uh, Halucha can and also Pikachu Libre, but. That's kind of a big exception, but so we'll say that it's Halucha's uh, signature move. Um, so it's a fighting type move, right? Um, but it it is super effective against things that flying would normally also be super effective against. It's not considered a flying type. Uh, it's it is a fighting type move. It doesn't get any bonuses from. Uh, items or things that boost flying type moves. Uh, it doesn't activate the berry that uh, lets you make take damage from a super effective flying type move. I think that's like a culper berry, culper berry, something like that. Um, but it, it it acts as both types, but it's considered just a fighting type move. So it still does super effective damage, like quote unquote super effective damage against grass, uh, fighting, and all that that flying is normally good against, but in all intensive purposes, in terms of how it reacts to uh, items, how it reacts to uh, other, you know, other outside forces other than, than attacking a Pokemon, it's considered just a fighting type move. Um, the other, uh, there's other moves like that, but it's the only move in the game that is considered two types. Um, 
it doesn't like it's not um, like other moves that I'm about to mention that are super effective or it works against a certain move. Uh, just that's what it does. It's actually it actually is considered a second type. It's super effective against everything that would be uh, would be good against uh, flying, and it's also resi- it also is not very good against things that normally would not be good against flying. Um, or would not be, you know, would take less damage from flying. But uh, I, I think that there should be more quote-unquote dual-type moves. Um, I don't think there should be that many because it is. it could be a little bit confusing uh, because, I mean, how often do people check the descriptions of moves? Because it doesn't actually say um, in the actual, like, type of the move that it's flying and fighting it's just it just it just it it labels it simply as fighting type but in the description of the move it says it acts as a flying type move as well um so i definitely don't think that we should have more because i feel like it would be a lot more confusing um but i think it is very interesting and maybe one or two more would be interesting in terms of a design standpoint too because um you know, uh, Halucha is the flying fighting Pokemon, the only flying fighting Pokemon, and it has a special little signature move, and I think signature moves are really cool. Um, I, I, I do plan on actually having an episode, uh, in the future about signature moves, maybe not an entire episode, but, uh, it could be a little tangent on another episode that relates to that topic, but it's a, it's a topic that I really want to talk about because, uh, signature moves are very interesting, but I won't dwell too much, too much on that. Uh, I do want to talk about uh, some other moves that are considered exceptions when it comes to moves uh, and their types, like, for example, freeze-dry. Uh, freeze-dry is a ice-type move, but uh, it's it's super effective against everything else that ice is super effective against, but it's also super effective against water. Um, that's about it. it. It's not... It doesn't have any other attributes than just that. Uh, it has a chance of freezing, I believe. Um, it... It's just an ice type move, does damage, but it's also super effective against water types. Um, it's a very helpful move. I think it's really cool. I think it makes a lot of sense uh, when it comes to ice type moves. I think it's a really creative move um, in terms of design and in terms of usefulness. Um, it's I've actually had a pretty decent amount of um, of use for it in, like, say, competitive Pokemon. Uh, I think it's I, I think it's a really cool move, and I, I hope we see in the future more moves like that, uh, like freeze dry. I really like freeze dry a lot. Uh, and then the other, the last move that I wanted to talk about, that's kind of an exception, uh, is uh, Thousand Arrows, which is Zygarde's signature move. Uh, it's a ground type move, but it hits flying type Pokemon, or it hits uh, it hits Pokemon that normally would not be hit by ground type Pokemon uh, moves, like Pokemon with Levitate. Uh, Pokemon that have a uh, air balloon, Pokemon that are flying type, uh, it just hits them. That's it. It it is <laughs> a ground type move that Zygarde can learn. Uh, I believe maybe some other Pokemon might be able to learn it, but it's Zygarde's signature move, and it hits Pokemon that normally wouldn't be able to get hit by ground type moves. Um, but I feel like there should be more moves like these three. Uh, I believe these three are the only really super um, complex and interesting uh 
sig- uh, moves that, that do other things that kind of go against the norm in terms of their types. Uh, there might be some others that I missed, but these are the three that I think I should mention. Uh, I think that there should be more moves like it. I think it's really cool and it's really interesting. I love exceptions when it comes to things in terms of uh, games and the way that designs work, uh, given that it's not too overpowered or it's not too, uh, it's not too complicated. I think that going out of the ordinary and going against the basic rules of something can make for a really, really interesting uh, design in term- in games. Um, like, um, let's see, for example, uh, Smeargle. Uh, this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but Smeargle uh, could be said to be kind of a, a weird, uh, just like an out-of-the-ordinary Pokemon because it can learn any move with its move sketch. And I think that kind of, like, like for example, this goes against the notion that Pokemon have set move sets, and they can only learn certain moves, they can't learn every move, they only have a certain amount of moves that they can learn through TMs, by leveling up, by breeding, by egg moves, uh, by move tutors, all that stuff. They have a limited amount of moves that they can learn, and that's what makes other Pokemon usable. So people don't just use one Pokemon uh, and that's it because they can learn any move, you know? Uh, And I think that's what makes Pokemon so uh, unique and so, um, like, mix and matchable in terms of party members, in terms of Pokemon you like using, all that stuff. Um, And I think it's really cool that Smeargle is kind of an exception to this because, uh, like Mew, uh, it can learn any move in the game. Uh, It just has to see the move first. Um... But this is what I mean when I say uh, exceptions to basic rules, because this, like I said, goes against the the, the, the norm of Pokemon having set movesets, and I think that moves like Flying Press, Freeze Dry, and Thousand Arrows are a really cool exception that can do for some really creative things and some really interesting things when it comes to strategizing Pokemon battles and all that stuff. Uh, so I think that there should be more moves like it and also more moves that follow the exception rule in terms of types and how not necessarily just types but how they interact with things in battle and maybe even outside of battle who knows uh moving on i briefly wanted to talk about uh stab which uh stands for syntacotype bonus um this is a really uh, cool mechanic in Pokemon, and if you're not aware of what this is, uh, same type attack bonus or stab uh, is the uh, mechanic that Pokemon that use moves that are the same type as it get a 1.5 times modifier added to the damage of their move. So a water type Pokemon using a water type move uh, with a 100 base power would be beco- it would become a um, 150 base power move. Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't become a 150 base power move, but it would do 150 uh, power because of the, because of same type attack bonus. Um, and this is uh, interesting because it, it it kind of makes Pokemon with moves that have the same type as them, uh, which is the norm for Pokemon of of types. Um, it's almost like the rich get richer <laughs> in that. Pokemon that Pokemon are rewarded for doing what they're already good at, which means they're they're rewarded for using moves of their own type, things that they're already, you know, probably going to do because of type uh, matchups and all that stuff. And it's it's interesting because if we if we didn't have same type attack bonus, 
uh, Pokemon would be less inclined to use moves that are of their own type. Um, maybe Game Freak would have balanced this out with having some more uh, some Pokemon with some different moves of different types if there was no such thing as same type attack bonus. But I like same tech, same type attack bonus because it, um, it it adds like a more defined setting like for Pokemon with with Pokemon and their types. Pokemon can use moves of their own type and do more damage it rewards them for for doing what they're supposed to do and i think i think it's a good game mechanic in terms of pokemon uh this is similar to um same type attack bonus and uh other other more complex uh game mechanics when it comes to pokemon typing uh but uh i want to i want to briefly talk about the physical special split uh and mostly how it um it, it affected Pokemon as a whole, but also Pokemon uh, competitively. Uh, so if you don't know what the special physical uh, split is, uh, in, in Generation 1 and 2, um, moves of a certain type would always do the same category of damage. Uh, there was either physical, special, or status. Uh, status is not applicable here because there was still status moves of certain types status status moves would always do this status category um but there's physical and special uh which correspond to the special defense special attack and defense and attack uh respectively with special and physical um like say a water gun is a special move so a pokemon with a higher special attack using water gun would do more damage uh, because it's a special move, uh, than if they used, uh, if a Pokemon had a really high attack, but they used a special move like Water Gun, it would not do as much damage if they had a really low special attack, uh, because it's a special move. But in Generation 1 and, uh, Generation, Generation 3, uh, actually, I said Generation 3 earlier, but, um, Generation 1 and gener- all the way to Generation 3, uh, each move had a specific category, and every single move would do that type of damage. So, um, the, I'm going to go through the list here. Uh, so, the physical types were Normal, Fighting, Flying, Poison, Ground, Rock, Bug, Ghost, and Steel. And the special moves, special types, were Fire, Water, Grass, uh, Electric, Psychic, Ice, Dragon, and Dark. Um, so this is really interesting because that means that say there was a move like Fire Punch uh, in Generation 1 through 3 Fire Punch is considered a special move which makes absolutely zero sense because it's a punch it's a physical attack you know you're hitting them with your fist that's on fire it's a physical move but because of the way that the damage categories worked uh, fire was a special type so every single fire move uh, regardless of what it was, was a special move. So uh, a Pokemon, uh, basically a fire-type Pokemon with a really high attack was pretty much useless because all of its fire-type moves, which it wouldn't benefit from the same type attack bonus if it used a non-fire-type move, so it was it was inclined to want to use fire-type moves, uh, a, a fire-type Pokemon with a really high attack would uh, not do good because it, it doesn't have a good special attack and none of its moves would do very much damage because all of its fire type moves were special. Uh, a really good example of this was Flareon. Um, Flareon is... Um, I'm going to look this up real quick because I'm not 100% sure uh, on this. But 
I, I know that Flareon is a, is a good case of this. Uh, Flareon has a really type, a really good attack, yeah, 130, and its special attack is 95. Um, this was also the case in Generation 1 through 3, um, but uh, it, it, in Generation 1, it did have a special uh, stat of 110, or a little bit higher, but it, but its its attack is higher than its special attack. But all of its uh, f- all of its fire type moves are special moves from generation one through three. So Flareon was pretty not very good because a lot of its moves were, all, you know, all of its fire type moves are special, and its attack stat isn't really used all that much when when using fire type moves. I mean, granted, it could learn other moves such as uh, Body Slam, Hyper Beam. Those are kind of the go to moves on Gen one Flareon, but you, you, if you're using a Fire-type Pokemon, you'd want to use a Fire-type move uh, because there's a lot of other Pokemon that do use normal-type moves like Body Slam and Hyper Beam a lot better than it can, uh, mostly because its speed is pretty low and it's just generally not a very good Pokemon. But this was a great uh, example of how the physical special uh, thing worked in Gen 1 through 3 and how it affected certain Pokemon, such as Flareon. Um because there were so many other Pokemon, like for example Snorlax, who could use Body Slam and Hyper Beam, which were Hyper Beam was a physical move uh, in Gen One, uh, Gen you know one through three, which makes it even scarier than it is now. Um, it's actually, I believe, one of the strongest moves in the whole game, uh, if I remember my Gen One battle strategies co- uh, correctly. But uh, so a Pokemon with a really high attack stat would be able to use Hyper Beam, and it would do insane amounts of damage because Hyper Beam was considered a physical move back then because it's normal type and normal is a physical move. And I think that if Pokemon continued to work like this, it would be very, very interesting and a lot different than what it is now, at least competitive Pokemon. Um, I, I like to think that Fairy type would probably be a special move, a special move uh, if... This was if this was still the case because there's actually one uh, there's uh, one two three four five six seven eight nine uh, physical moves physical types sorry in Gen one through three and there's only eight of special so I feel like if they were to add fairy it would kind of work out and it would become you know a it would be a special move just because of the way that fairy types uh, work and how many what their moves are like um, but. I just think it's really interesting how this changed and what it entailed in terms of of battling in Gen 1 through 3. Um, And I don't really think about this all too much when I play through, like, my Gen 3 game. Like, I've recently played... I'm recently playing through uh, Sapphire, and I didn't even really think about the physical special, uh, you know, split, or lack thereof, I suppose. But uh, it's it's not really something I think about, but it's, it's a really big... Uh, deal when it comes to, um, you know, battling. So uh, one last thing before we go into the first segment of the of the episode, uh, we're a little bit short on time here because I'm already it's already an hour through the episode, and I do want to um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, just the types specifically, but I, I'd have a few more things I want to talk about. Um, for example, um, legendary typings. Uh, legendaries are kind of a weird case when it comes to typings because uh, there's so many. Uh, there's there's not a lot of uh, legendary Pokemon. You know, obviously they're the legendary Pokemon, so there's not going to be that many of them. But uh, I think it's really interesting that some legendaries even got 
the uh, the the bad deal because uh, some types got the bad deal when it comes to legendaries because other than uh, ultra beasts which aren't really considered legendaries they are but they're also not uh, there's no poison type legendary uh, the only poison type quote unquote poison type legendaries are uh, Nihiligo, uh, Poipo, and Naganado, which are ultra beasts, so I can't really consider them legendaries, but so there's no official legendary or mythical Pokemon that is a poison type. Uh, and how they're so little uh, normal type legendaries, ice type legendaries, fighting type legendaries, uh, with fighting type there's only like the four swords and Maloetta, and I believe that's it. And maybe one thing one of Mewtwo's Mega Evolutions is fighting, but compared to the how many uh, legendaries there are, there's like no fighting types. Uh, there's no ice. There's not a lot of ice types. There's not a lot of normal types. The only one I can really think of right now is Meloetta and Regigigas. There might be others that I can't remember, but there's a weird, a really weird uh, split in terms of common types and not so common types in legendaries, like. Uh, if you want to, look up a list of the legendaries and see uh, what types they're not really, ever, you know, not really a lot of legendaries of. And I think this kind of goes into uh, the strength of each type and how useful some of the types are. Because obviously, if there's a really strong Pokemon of a certain type, uh, that type is going to be generally pretty good. Like, uh, you know, there's a lot of good uh, Fire-type legendaries, um, like Heatran uh, and others. And, and I think that like other types such as poison where how there's no poison type legendaries uh it, it kind of does a little bit of a dent into its its usefulness or appeal because there's there's no overly strong pokemon that are you know these these obscure types uh or not even obscure like normal is not an obscure type but there's like no normal type pokemon or legendary pokemon like regigigas and maloetta they're pretty not very good when it comes to competitive Pokemon, so, or even, uh, they're not even that really accessible when it comes to casual Pokemon either, so, uh, it, it does a little bit of a, you know, it does a little, it, it hurts the type a little bit when it comes to, to evening it out in terms of usefulness and things, and I think that's really interesting. So, um, I'm gonna go into the first segment of the, of the episode. Um, there is a second segment this episode. I want to start doing more segments, uh, more creative segments, uh, maybe some in the future once uh, this podcast starts to get a little bit up there. Uh, I want to take some suggestions. I want to take some, uh, possibly uh, take some submissions when it comes to suggestions. Like uh, I could look over, um, like I could look over like certain like teams you could submit. You know, like fans could submit uh, certain prompts. Fans could submit things that people want to hear me talk about in terms of Pokemon and uh, when it comes to the segments. Um, but what I'm going to do uh, for the rest of the episode, for the last uh, half an hour or so, maybe 20, 25 minutes, uh, I want to do the first segment, and then I'm going to go into the uh, the Pokemon types uh, individually and just talk very briefly about how what I think of them. Uh, how I think they add up in terms of their usefulness, their design choices, all that stuff. Just go through them one by one, kind of like a speed round. Uh, and then uh, we'll do the second segment, and then I'll I'll do like the second half of the types, and then that'll be it. So for the first type, uh, our first uh, segment, sorry, <laughs> got types on the mind. Uh, for the first segment, uh, it's random Pokemon of the week. You know it well, where we uh, choose a random Pokemon every week and we talk about it. We go through its stats, go through its design, we go through its competitive 
stuff. We even do a rating on its shiny form. Uh, so this week's Pokemon is one that I'm very excited to talk about. It is uh, Lunala. Uh, so Lunala is a uh, psychic ghost uh, Pokemon. It is the uh, box legendary for Pokemon Sun and Moon and Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Um, it is the moon Pokemon with an E at the end. <laughs> moon with an E. Uh, it is number 792. Um it obviously appeared in um, in Gen uh, 7 with, you know, Sun and Moon. It's the box legendary with uh, Sorgaleo. Um, so I, I, I really want to talk about how much I love uh, the legendaries of Gen 7. Uh, mostly, though, I just want to talk about Lunala and its design. I love Lunala's design. I like Lunala's design a lot more than Sorgaleo. Uh, that's just because I think that uh, Lunala has a more... I think a lot more creative design than uh, Sorgaleo, but don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore Sorgaleo. Uh, but uh, I really like Lunala uh, just in general because, I mean, it's a moon bat. <laughs> um, it's also uh, the only Pokemon, uh, the only legendary Pokemon other than uh, some Ultra Beasts, or one Ultra Beast, uh, to evolve. Um, it evolves uh, from Cosmoem, who evolves from Cosmog, uh, it, it could also evolve. Cosmom can also evolve into Sorgaleo, but I think nobody really talks about that all that much. That the box legendaries, the main legendaries of Pokemon Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, are you know they can evolve from from a, a Pokemon because uh, that's always been kind of been like the the staple of legendary Pokemon. How they don't evolve. How they don't you know they're just there. They're they're these these genderless. Uh, unevolving Pokemon that are powerful, uh, but uh, Lunala and Sorgaleo go against that in another uh, exception. Exceptions seem to be the theme of this episode. Uh, it goes against that, and it evolves from um, from Cosmom and Cosmog. Um, I'm not going to talk about um, like uh, Necrozma's uh, forms with Lunala, and Sorgaleo, I'd rather talk about that in the Necro- when Necrozma is the um, Pokemon of the week. But uh, I will talk about uh, its shiny form real quick. Let me get a look at this. Um, oh, its shiny form is really nice. <laughs> it's like the dark red with the, the black and the, the it keeps the yellow. Very, very, very nice. I'm not actually sure that a uh, shiny Lunala is possible to get in the game right now, but in terms of design, I gotta give it an eight out of ten. That is a really nice shiny. It reminds me of a uh, Yveltal, just because of the way that the color scheme and the way that it, the way that it looks. It looks really good. I I love it. I think I think Lunala, shiny Lunala looks really, really good. Um, so that's my official uh, shiny rating <laughs> for for Lunala. Um, now, I do um, I do want to also say that uh, I forgot to go over the competitive stats or the, the you know, the competitive uh, information on uh, Leafeon last episode, unfortunately, but I'm not going to go through that again. Uh, Leafeon's not really that fantastic competitively, but I am going to focus on uh, Lunala competitively now. Uh, Lunala is an uber uh, being how most legendaries are, uh, it is a very powerful Pokemon. Um, it 
Uh, the the most uh, basic move set that Smogon uh, recommends is a Calm Mind Lunala set with uh, Calm Mind, Moongeist Beam, Psy Shock, and Focus Blast or Moon Blast uh, with Lunalium Z, Shadow Shield, uh, Timid, and 244 Special Attack IVs or EVs, 12 Special Defense EVs, and 252 Max Speed EVs. Uh, its ability, Shadow Shield, um, when the Pokemon is at full HP, damage taken from attacks is halved. Moongeist Beam, Sun Steel Strike, and Mold Breaker, Terra Volt, and Turbo Blaze abilities cannot ignore this ability. Uh, so it is a, a pretty strict ability. It's kind of like Dragonite's ability, where it, it takes half damage from the first, basically the first move that it takes um, at full HP, which is very useful <laughs> for such a powerful Pokemon such as Lunala. Um, it, it mostly works as a wall breaker. Uh, it's just a very strong uh, Pokemon with uh, same type attack bonus, ghost type attacks, uh, Lunalium Z, Calm Mind, kind of like a setup uh, wall breaker. Yeah, overall, a very, very, very good Pokemon uh, for Uber. And I've seen it in Ubers uh, quite a bit. Not as much as you would expect, but quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, so a little bit more about Lunala before we, we wrap things up here is... Um, <laughs> It's infamous cry in the game uh, when you talk to it, uh, Mahina Pia. Uh, unknowns to me, I actually didn't know this until today, uh, is actually, uh, it is a, it's actually a kind of a distortion of the Hawaiian phrase for full moon, uh, Mahina Pia. Uh, so that's really interesting. I always thought that it was just Pokemon giving a legendary Pokemon just some random scream for its 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 dialogue, but it actually means something. It's actually a distortion of of the Hawaiian uh, phrase for full moon, which is uh, the motif around Lunala. So that's going to wrap up the uh, random Pokemon of the week for this episode. Uh, we do have another segment coming up in just a few minutes here. Uh, I thought that I would kind of leave them for the end because I didn't want to uh, stop myself from. Um, losing my train of thought in terms of the type because I had a lot of stuff that I wanted to cover. Uh, so I, I kind of scooched everything over towards the end. I hope that's all right for you guys. Um, but uh, let's move on to going through uh, the individual types just for a little bit. I want to talk maybe like not even 30 seconds about each type and what I think about them. This is going to be sort of a speed round because uh, I don't have very much time left in this episode, but I, I'm gonna, I just want to go through uh, each of the types, uh, talk about very briefly what I think about them. Uh, so starting off with water type, uh, there's quite a bit of them. <laughs> uh, obviously the most common type. A uh, little too many fish in my opinion, but it is realistic I suppose because there's a lot of fish out there, a lot of water related things in in the world so it, it sort of makes sense that water is a is you know the most common type and there's so many of them and it's 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 very popular it's a very popular type so i'm, I'm honestly not surprised i like water type a lot uh fire type is the polar opposite to water um fire is a lot less common uh, than water and grass which makes me kind of uh, upset because i really like fire type uh it's not one of my favorites but I, I like all the types. There's not really a type that I dislike the most, but I, I do really enjoy Fire-type. I think there's a lot of really, really cool Pokemon, specifically a lot of cool 
uh, really powerful Pokemon. Uh, a lot of cool starters with uh, fire. Uh, some of my favorite starters are fire type. Um, but overall, definitely my least favorite of the three uh, starter triangle type types. Um, grass type is another one of the really common types uh, up there with water. I think it's the fourth most common type. Uh, grass is actually one of my favorite types. I really like grass. A lot of the starters, uh, a lot of my favorite starters are grass type. I really, really enjoy grass. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of really cute, uh, a lot of cute small Pokemon uh, related to grass. Not a lot of the grass type Pokemon are very like menacing or scary, and I think that's really uh, admirable in the type. I think it's I think it's really cute. I like grass a lot. So electric, uh, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, electric, to me, uh, kind of didn't really stand out as much as the other uh, three. Or yeah, the other three because I always kind of saw electric as like the other. The other like missing link <laughs> between the three uh, original, uh, you know, the starter types. Uh, I always kind of saw it as like the the substitute almost for when one of them couldn't be applied, like say with the evolutions with Jolteon. Uh, and I, I think that Electric deserves a little bit more love. There's a lot of really cool Electric type Pokemon out there. So Psychic type, um, Psychic type isn't one of really my favorite types. Uh, Psychic is is pretty cool. I like it. Uh, you know, I, I'm saying that I like them for a lot of these types, but that's I mean that's mostly true. I don't really have anything against any of the types. I just thought it would be. Uh, I just thought I could briefly talk about uh, the types, uh, just what I thought about them um, to kind of tie everything together. Uh, Psychic has a lot of really cool design Pokemon. A lot of like more obscure things related to the mind, related to uh, psychic energy powers kind of tropes and like psychic you know mental power and I, I think that's really cool um i think that psychic is a really uh interesting type when you explore deep into it and i think it's uh one of the coolest types honestly so ice type uh, ice type is actually my favorite type uh it houses my favorite pokemon glaceon <laughs> uh and most of the ice types are my favorite i love 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 ice uh i like that we have quite a few uh, Ice-type legendary Pokemon, uh, Articuno being my favorite. I really like Articuno. I like Curem. Um, but Ice Ice has always been the underdog. There's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of Ice-type Pokemon. Um, it's pretty <laughs> commonly agreed on that it's the worst type out there because of how defensive it is, uh, but how not so good it does defensively. Uh, it has a lot of defensive moves and defensive Pokemon, but they don't do defensive very much. It's not a very good uh, offensive uh, type either because it uh, it doesn't resist... Uh, nothing uh, resists ice but itself, which, I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> ice only resists itself. It doesn't resist any other move that's... or type. That's, that's pretty sad <laughs> when it comes to Pokemon types. Uh, and that's saying something. <laughs> so Ice is pretty generally considered the worst type. Unfortunately, it has the least amount of Pokemon in the type. Uh, very, very lackluster in terms of just compared to the other types. But uh, very well-designed Pokemon, very well-designed moves. I really like Ice personally. 
Uh, I know a lot of people who think that ice should just be taken away from the game, but I don't agree on that at all. I love ice. Ice is one of my favorite types, or it is my favorite type. Uh, just honestly, it just needs some more love. It needs more Pokemon. It needs better moves. It needs better stats. It needs better type matchups with other types. I think I think ice needs a, a very strong rework, uh, just compared to the other Pokemon types. So, Dragon type uh, is another one of the the types that I that I've been talking about the entire episode, saying that it's obscure. Um, and I do, I do really like Dragon. Uh, so many of the Dragon type Pokemon are very, very strong. Uh, there's not that many weak Dragon type Pokemon out there, <laughs> and I think that's really cool. I think we need one of those types, uh, types that are very, you know, uh, very, very strong but very scarce, um, very rare, like Dragons tend to be. Uh, I think that it. It just fits really well as a type. I think it doesn't really have anything wrong with it. I think it's its whole motif about uh, not having many, but what there are is very, very strong and very menacing, uh, was very well designed. And I think also that the combat, uh, the counter to it, Fairy, was a great addition to kind of tie in like the lore, I suppose, of the types <laughs> and like how they work together. Um, so I do, I do really like Dragon. I think Dragon is a very, very strong and very, very, uh, well-designed type. Um, paired with that is, uh, Fairy type, which, uh, Fairy is also another very, very well-designed type, in my opinion. Uh, added later, not added until, uh, Gen 6, um, and then got some of the Pokemon that were released earlier, got, uh, most of them actually were turned into, uh, Fairy type, like Jigglypuff, Clefairy, uh, just to name a few, um, fairy type is honestly one of my favorite types. <laughs> I think that it was a great addition. Uh, it kind of blew everybody out of the water when it first got revealed because we never really thought that we were going to get another type. But I mean, hey, a new type, that's always really exciting. I actually hope that we get a new type in Gen 8. I think that would be really cool. I think that would be extremely fun. Uh, but we might have a few problems coming up with ideas for, you know, potential new types for the for the fairy type. Uh, so dark type, uh, I really like dark type. Um, it's one of those m- m- uh, types for me that have always just been kind of in the back. I never really paid much attention to it. But as I look at more of the dark type Pokemon, uh, I think they're very well designed. And I like the whole, I like the fact that it's, it's a, it's evil type and, um, in Japanese, I think that's really really cool, um, and I think it's I think it's very uh, just a lot of the Pokemon are very well designed, very cool. I love the moves that are accompanied with with Dark type, how they're all about like revenge and and you know payback. <laughs> There's a move called payback, like they're all like petty, you know, evil dastardly things that you're doing to the enemy and i think that's i think that's very very cool i love that whole i love that dark is a type even to begin with i think it's it's one of the more types that uh if you were brainstorming 18 types to come up with for like a game like pokemon i'm not really sure if 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 dark would be uh you know one of the ones that that would be you know that would be thought of i think dark is a very creative uh design 
and uh, not to mention that it wasn't added until uh, Gen 2, which is probably the reason, because it's it's kind of obscure. It's, it's kind of uh, not... You know, it, it's not easily thought of when you're thinking of these types of things, and I think that's what makes it so nice. So, for the second segment of uh, today's episode, I would like to introduce uh, a new segment called Move Tutor, where we go over uh, a random move, uh, very similar to the random Pokemon of the week, but uh, I, I wanted to add a second segment. Uh, you know, one of the second segments. I'll probably flip-flop between certain segments, but they'll, they'll always be the random Pokemon of the week, but I think the second segment of the episode could kind of, you know, um, go back and forth between a, a few set segments to, to mix it up a little bit, but I think one of those I want to do is Move Tutor, where we go over a random move every episode, and, um, talk about it, talk about its competitive attributes, uh, talk about how useful it is in casual play, uh, so this episode's uh, move is Follow Me. Um, follow Me is a move that, in double battles, um, makes it so any any move that was used on another Pokemon, uh, your, your other Pokemon uh, in the double battle, uh, it is directed to the Pokemon that used Follow Me. Uh, it is a priority of plus three move, um, so it, it almost always goes first. Uh, before certain um, other priority moves, such as Extreme Speed, I believe. But um, it, it also works on, uh, even if the target was a friendly target, so if a, if a Pokemon is using a move on their partner in a double battle, it would instead be moved to the Pokemon that just used Follow Me. Um, so um, moves that are uh, second... Yeah, moves that are two-turn moves um, are directed uh, if it is used on the same turn as it. Uh, so those, like, say uh, you use Fly uh, and then the Pokemon uses Follow Me, it will be, or the Pokemon uses Follow Me and then you use either Fly or Dig, it will still work. The Pokemon will still go up in the air, but, say, if a Pokemon is already up in the air... Uh, and they use follow me, It will the move will still attack the Pokemon it was originally going to. It only works in the beginning of the move. Uh, and follow me also does not um, does not redirect Future Sight or Doom Desire uh, as of Generation 7. Uh, when powered up by uh, Normalium Z into Z follow me, uh, all of the user's lowered stats are reset. So it, 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 uh, it removes all of your stat changes, or lowered stat changes, not uh, raise stat changes. Um, so, in terms of usefulness, it's mostly just used for cheese strats and competitive uh, doubles, <laughs> is what I've seen. Uh, I've never seen anybody use it casually because it's, uh, you know, it's follow me. It only works in double battles. It's one of those moves that, that only works in double battles, and it's it has no effect in single battles. It also works in triple battles, but you know, uh, so it, it's more of a cheese move. Uh, it, it can be used for some cool setups. Uh, I've seen some some things, but overall, not really that useful of a move. Uh, just for some some cool things, but in terms of usefulness, it's not great. Um, it uh, some last minute little uh, tidbits about the move. It has twenty PP. <laughs> Uh, it also is not a TM, ATM, or move tutor move, and it can only be learned by 
a very small set of Pokemon. Uh, Clefairy, Sentret, Furret, Togepi, Togetic, uh, by level up, by breeding, uh, Pachirisu and Riolu, um, by event, uh, Pichu, um, Squirtle, Jirachi, and Pachirisu, and that is it. Those are the only Pokemon that can learn these moves. Uh, and that also just kind of, you know, turns it into a not very great move because only a few Pokemon can learn it and it's only used in double battles. So, like, it's a move that I've always known about and, like, I've always thought was really interesting, but it's just not very good. It's, it's, it, it makes sense, uh, being a move, like, a move that redirects moves, uh, in double battles, which is, is pretty, you know, basic. It's a pretty basic move. It, it's easily understandable. Uh, but it's just not used all that much, unfortunately. So, uh, I hope you enjoyed that, uh, the second segment of the episode. It's kind of a short one, uh, that mostly just because, uh, this follow me isn't really that extensive of a move to talk about, but, uh, hopefully we'll see Move Tutor, uh, later in another, in, you know, other, ep- later episodes and talk about some more interesting and cool moves. Uh, but I do want to keep it random every time, uh, just to, you know, keep it interesting and highlight some some not talked about very much moves. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that segment. Uh, hopefully we can add it to the rotation. Uh, I'll try and think of some other segments, but I, I really, I really do enjoy, uh, that segment. And I think that it's, it's an interesting one. So before we end the episode, I want to quickly go over the, uh, last, uh, nine types that we've, that we didn't talk about before the second segment. And then, uh, just a very, very quick conclusion, uh, plug, and then we'll end the episode. Um, so, uh, normal type, uh, normal type, I really like normal type. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, being a normal type move, uh, being a normal type type. I mean, it's just normal. It's the normal type, you know, it, 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 it makes sense. <laughs> it's, it's the basic of the, it's the most basic of the basic. It's the second most common type out there. There's not really much to say. I think it's just, it's a nice type. There's a lot of pretty nice Pokemon. Uh, it's not too interesting. It's not too powerful. It's just normal type. It, it's kind of the the base type for all other types, pretty much. Uh, fighting type, kind of on the same uh, realm in, as normal. Uh, doesn't really have a lot of uh, weaknesses. Uh, it's just kind of it's it's kind of a basic type, but it's the go-to physical type essentially. It's it's the physical type. It's fighting type. You know. Uh, I, I like fighting type. I think there's a lot of really, really cool fighting type Pokemon that don't get a lot of love. Uh, there's a, there's not very many fighting type legendary Pokemon, which I think should be changed. Uh, there's a few fighting type Ultra Beasts, but I think fighting type legendary Pokemon are really interesting because it's like, it's a fighting type. It's, it's fighting type. It's like martial arts getting physical. And like, if you think about like a legendary god-like Pokemon... You wouldn't really think of it using those types of things, but I think the ones that do are are very interesting. I think that their their designs are very cool. Uh, flying type, flying is um, another one of those types, <laughs> kind of like normal. It's the go-to bird air type, you know. Um, but I do really like flying type. There's a lot of really really cool flying types. Uh, it's the third most common type. It's, uh, there's some, there's a lot of flying type legendary Pokemon. There's just a lot of flying type Pokemon in general. And I think without flying type Pokemon would be very different. Uh, so I think it's 
a staple. It's it's one of the ones that makes the most difference in Pokemon, I really do think. I don't think that there's that many super strong flying types. It's kind of the one that has a lot of weak Pokemon, not a lot of great Pokemon. Uh, but there, there's a few exceptions to that. There's a lot of, there's, there's some good Pokemon out there that are flying type. Um, so yeah, uh, poison type. Poison, I always feel like, gets kind of the bad end of the stick. Uh, <laughs> you know, the short end of the stick, I mean. Uh, it's 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 I like it I like it a lot and it seems like it's kind of lackluster in terms of creativity and you know extensiveness it's just kind of there there's nothing really interesting about it it's just poison I think I think a lot of the moves are really interesting focusing on like you know toxic and uh and like you know poisoning people and and sludge and trash and you know just gross poison things um but i think we need i think what poison needs is a good addition of pokemon because there's only 66 pokemon or poison type pokemon or so um actually that might not be true hold on there is um yeah there are 60 yeah there's 66 poison type pokemon and uh little fact here half of those pokemon were added in generation one there were 33 poison type in generation one, and then the rest of the 33 were spread out across seven, six more generations. Um, so I think poison type needs more Pokemon, <laughs> just because so many of them are Gen One, and so many of them we're so used to and have seen so much of them already. We need more. I, we do. We need more. We need more creatively designed poison types, and I think that's what the type needs. But overall, very nice type. I like it a lot. I'm saying that for most of these, but uh, ground type. Uh, ground has always been actually one of my favorite types. Uh, ground is actually right below poison uh, with 65, one less uh, than poison type, but there's it's been more of a spread across the generations. Um, ground type has always been kind of like ice, where it's almost like a version of another type because like rock and ground are really similar and they could almost be combined into one type uh kind of like say if if there were say different developers working on the game uh when it was first being created maybe they would have you know excluded ground type as a move as a type because it could just be put as rock type it's one of those types that are very very similar to another type and it's kind of uh interesting in that sense but I do, I do like its inclusion, and I think there's some really, really interesting Pokemon in, in that are ground. Uh, speaking of rock, uh, rock is the next one. Uh, I, I like rock a lot. Um, rock, but rock has always been uh, kind of forgettable in terms of a type, because um, you never hear like, oh, my favorite type is, or my favorite Pokemon is, <laughs> like, insert basic rock type Pokemon, like. Rock is just kind of there. Rock is... is uh, there's some cool rock-type Pokemon, like uh, Tyranitar is a good example. Gigalith is pretty cool. But, like, a lot of the rock-type Pokemon are just kind of unappealing, in my opinion. Uh, but they're all good. Don't get me wrong. I love all Pokemon. I love every single one of them. I don't have any beef against any of them. But uh, Rock is just kind of lackluster. Not really, not really doing much, but it's there, <laughs> you know? Uh, Bug-type... Um, bug type is actually the type, like I said earlier, that there's a lot less than I thought there was, but I really, really enjoy bug type. I think that there's a lot of really cool bug type moves that make a lot of sense. 
Uh, and Bug is another one of those interesting types that um, is like it's obscure. It's it's not it's it's pretty weird that it's included. You know, Bug like there's a, yeah there's a lot of bugs in the world, but bugs are you know interesting. I think I think bugs are uh, like I, I think the 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 bug type is is an interesting one and i think it's inclusion it's really creative and i I really enjoy it a lot um um, that being said though um bug i think is is another one of those pokemon uh, types that like people just assume aren't very good because there's a lot of you know basic bug types in like the first and second routes of the game and then they don't really see any other ones there's a lot of like basic bugs that are like the fully evolved butterflies like dust talks beautifly butterfree uh vivalon you know kind of a lot of just lackluster pokemon uh in the bug type just because of how common they are and how uh associated they are with just the first route and the, the basic bug like like flying with like the basic bird uh, in every route, you know, every game, all the first routes have, like, a basic bug, a basic bird, and I feel like bug needs a little more love, because that's all people really associate with bug type. Uh, finally, the last two types, uh, ghost. Uh, ghost type is, uh, another interesting one. Um, I meant to mention this in Dragon, but, uh, really interesting in terms of, uh, Generation 1, because ghost and dragon were both, uh, the two... Uh, types that there were only one line, one Pokemon line that had the type. Uh, with Dragon, it was the uh, Dragonite line, and with Ghost, it's, it was the Gengar line. There was only one, one line of Pokemon that had that type. Uh, three Pokemon, <laughs> you know, the Gengar line, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, and it, if if we just stayed with Gen One and didn't never included any other Pokemon, it would be a lot different. With and and Ghost and Dragon would be. I don't even know what they would be, because there's only one Pokemon line with them. Uh, same with Ice, pretty much. Uh, there's only a few Ice-type Pokemon, uh, Gen 1, compared to others. But Dragon and Ghost specifically, um, you know, they, they, they only had one line. But but over the years, uh, in with the later generations, there's been obviously more Ghost-types, and I think that they've done a really good job with all the Ghost-types. Uh, I, really like, I really like a lot of the Ghost-types they've added. Uh, some really cool, you know, folklore... Uh, history um, designs with the ghosts, which are, you know, good, uh, a, a good way of adding ghosts because, you know, they, you know, different folklore with ghosts, different, uh, you know, myths with, with ghosts. Ghosts are a common theme with myths and legends and all that. And I think that having that is a good way of expressing uh, that medium in terms of designs for Pokemon. So the final type that I'm going to talk about for this episode is Steel type. Uh, last but not least, of course, uh, Steel type. I, I really enjoy Steel type. <laughs> I'm literally saying that for every single type. But uh, Steel is another one of those uh, obscure types. Like Dark, it was added in Gen two, um, and I think that it's like it, it's it's just it's Steel type. It's the defensive type. It makes sense in terms of a gameplay design. You know, it's the it's the defense type. It's it's the strong. Uh, not very hard hitting, but uh, you know, uh, defensive type. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It's like rock, but more defensive. It, it there's nothing really else to say, but it just makes sense. It it it's a little bit obscure, 
in terms of its its uh, origin, because steel is a more modern thing and not found naturally in the world. But I think that it just makes sense in terms of a, of a gameplay design, and I think that I think that steel is a is a good addition uh, to the game. So that's going to wrap up this episode for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Um, this has been Lily. Uh, you can find me on my Twitter at Lilyseon, uh, L-I-L-L-I-E-C-E-O-N. Uh, also, same name as my YouTube. Um, you can support me on Patreon, uh, which is also uh, same as my as my Twitter and YouTube. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, I would extremely, extremely recommend that you give me a rating on iTunes uh, or you support me uh, on Patreon. Uh, by backing me, you get some extra perks on my Discord server, or even just joining my Discord server. I do have a Discord server where I talk about uh, my art, the podcast, I talk with, with my friends, I talk with fans of my work. Um, it, it it means the world to me that I'm getting support for this, and support just in general uh, for my my creative out, you know, outlets. <laughs> so, uh, if if you can... I would I would very much recommend that you uh, support support the podcast, support uh, my channel, support my my art, all that things. If you enjoy it, of course, uh, I'm not going to make you, but uh, it, it would extremely extremely help. Even just a little bit of feedback on the podcast, on a comment on YouTube, or uh, a mention or a DM on Twitter, anything helps. Anything that would make this this podcast more entertaining for you all would mean the absolute world to me. So I hope you all enjoyed. Uh, This has been Lily Sion, and uh, I'll catch you next week. Bye.